Hello, Rip City. To all of you here in town and in every corner of the interwebs, thank you for tuning in. We hope you're enjoying this beautiful, 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 beautiful Sunday, the 12th of May. I am Keith Fulton Smith. You are listening to Pod- Podland Shellcasters. And here with me, as always, the daring, the dash, and the beautiful, and the bold, Brandon Goldner. What's up, B? Let me tell you a tale about the Blazers going to the Western Conference Finals for the first time since the year 2000 when Brandon had bleach blonde hair and pimples because he was in fucking high school. And if you want to reach out to us, talk about the Western Conference Finals or anything else, you can at Trailcasters on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Old-fashioned emails are always going to work. Those will be trailcastersgmail.com. We also have websites at thetrailcasters.com. And the most important thing, when I say this, I'm so excited. We're going to want your five-star reviews, whether they are on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, doesn't matter, matter, more people, more people, more people, more people, more How's everything going on this Sunday evening? More people means more fun. Boy, that was like some uh, some Freddie Mercury in there. What was that you had going on that song? I I just made it up. I have no just idea. Going, yeah. you know, I, just, you, I feel like very... I needed more energy. You have a very natural kind of like like 80s, 80s uh, uh, glam rock thing going. I, I feel like we got to get you a good wig and like a, a sequin jumpsuit here. I don't think I need a wig. Did you see my hair? <laughs> it is glamorous. It, it is glorious on its own. I think you're I, good. I mean, I, remember I was just telling you about my cats. Like, we're, well, my cat and Cassie's cat are like finally acclimating and they were sitting right next to each other and now they have scattered because I freaked them out. So I'm oh, sorry, oh. Zora and Zar. My bad. No, no, hey, you know, it's, it's all good. Hey, look, you know, besides the cats, though, like, it's not like there's a whole lot else to talk about today. Happy Mother's Day to all of our mothers all around everywhere. Happy Mother's Day to everyone. It's a, a beautiful Sunday, the May 12th. That's really the highlight of the day, I would that say. That was, I think yeah. The, I think I Happy think Mother's Day to, been... to Mom Feltner-Smith and to yeah. Mom Goldner um, and to Mom Mullen <laughs> uh, and to whoever Zora and Zara's moms are, too. Cat moms count, don't they? Yeah, cat moms count. Uh, yeah, you know, so so good for all the mothers. It, it's definitely, definitely their day. But, you know, and that's all that they, happened. They I think that's all we have too. to talk about. So we're, we're yeah, done, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, mostly it's, it's... I don't really know why we're doing an extra pod today. Uh, nothing, yeah. nothing big. I don't feel like there's certainly, much to talk about. Uh, certainly no no, no milestone that hasn't been reached in 19 years since uh, since you and I were sophomores no. in high school with Th- bleach tips no and There was no 17-point deficit that was overcome. Nothing like and that. Cer- certainly no crazy... Game 7, baby! Game <laughs> 7! Dude, I'm oh so fucking God. hyped on this. Oh I'm like seriously God. hyped. How? How did this happen? I don't know. I, it's crazy. <laughs> it doesn't even feel real yet. It, it really doesn't. It doesn't. Like, I, I don't know. Like, and you can say what you will about the path that they took to get here, but it's 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 it, the Western Conference Finals. Like, that doesn't happen. Like, that just doesn't happen. Like, the last time it happened, like you said, was 2000. Before that, it was in the 90s. Before that, it was in the 70s. This doesn't happen, dude. This is amazing. Like, it's, I, I'm just, I'm nuts. feeling super, super pumped. I love it, man. So, like, let, let's not forget here, too. We've talked all season about how the Blazers could do more, but at the beginning of the, at the beginning of the season, they were hyped as kind of a team that would probably miss the Western Conference playoffs. This is a thick Western Conference again, and a lot of teams had improved. The T-H-I-C-C. Blazers held Pat pretty much. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, I don't know. It wasn't necessarily thick in the good way. I'm just just saying. Uh, but no, the, the idea being that with everyone improving and the Blazers kind of holding Pat staying with his team chemistry idea, no one really had a lot of faith in us. Uh, and yet we go for the third seed, a second consecutive year, and get much better results than being swept in the first round. We, after getting swept by the Warriors two years ago and then the Pelicans last year, we come through went 5-1 and one against the Rockets this year. As if that wasn't enough, we did that, missing our arguably second best player, uh, 
Nurkic, and we will talk but about that. Four and one against the Thunder. Well, yeah, four, oh, did I say five and one? You I'm said sorry, five and one, one against the Rockets. Games. You're excited. I'm excited. Continue. Did I'm I say sorry. Rockets? Oh man, okay. You said Rockets too. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Who cares? <laughs> it's a delirious day. Okay, yeah. So first round. Four hey, guess and one what? The Rockets the and the Thunder have in common. Neither in the playoffs anymore. But <laughs> they're both on the beach. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so. Oh wait. By the way, really quick. Ah, uh, no. Actually, I'll mention. No, I'll mention now. So the Nuggets released this infographic, right? Like, oh, get your Western Conference Finals tickets, Denver. Blah blah blah. I photoshopped the shit out of that. If you follow me on Twitter at GoldenPDX, <laughs> I switched it from like a Western Conference Finals thing to a what to do with to go to Cabo San Lucas and get a massage and like how to lick your <laughs> fingers if you're eating chicken wings because Jamal Murray's licking his fingers after games. Oh my god! Game yeah. five was it? Like That's just get out of here. Anyway, yeah, so continue. So, I just interrupted. I'm sorry. No, you're good. Let me actually just – what I'm trying to get to is kind of – Danny Morang, uh, friend of the show, he kind of summed this up. Danny, one of our uh, one of our Blazers outsiders, he says uh, in a tweet this afternoon, this kind of thing doesn't happen in the NBA. A team loses its second most valuable player and closes the season 14-3. and That's enough right there. Then that team crushes a rival in the first round 4-1 to OKC on a historical series clinching buzzer beater. Then that same team wins a road game 7 after being down 17 we came back and i mean it got close to the end but i'd say in 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 the second half or at least in the fourth quarter this was the blazers game to lose we were ahead we had control of everything and they held it all the way down and this is 19 years since this has happened i am on cloud nine please interrupt me what what are you trying to say there yeah i'm on cloud nine too i just want to like i want (laughs) to share what i was feeling during this game and i want you to share the same thing kind of like what you did for game five of the okc so i was at home the game was at 12 30 that's kind of weird right like i mean it must have been weird for the players too um cassie is working nights so she was asleep So during the beginning of the game, it was actually quite the blessing. The Blazers got down 17 early. They they think started over 10 from three. I'm going without stats, Keith. I am I don't have anything in front of me. I'm going off the brain. (laughs) I think they started 0 for 10 from deep until CJ finally hit one. Nothing was working for them. It was awful. They get down 17. It didn't feel good at all. Like it felt just very heavy and gross and nothing was working and Aminu wasn't working and Harkless wasn't working and Dame wasn't working. It was just nasty. And to be fair, it wasn't just the Blazers. Neither team was having much luck with this. I think Denver finished two of 11 or, or something like that from, from deep. I, I'm going to actually pull up the, the stats just so we're not totally both going off a uh, flat memory here, but at least one of Dame us is couldn't at all. There were comparisons going on with uh, with Damon Curry because Curry the other night had an over for the first half of his game. Dame didn't go over for the first half, but he didn't score. I think he was over nine in the first quarter. He did make something happen in the second. Uh, but he got yeah, some, he, I think he hit a shot and then he got some free throws. But I mean, he was not scoring. Like, and when your best player is not scoring, that's not good. CJ was keeping him afloat, but again, like, like nothing from Aminu, nothing from Harkless. The Blazers, it didn't look like there was anything obvious that they could change to get back in the game. Is that how you felt at that point? That's how I felt. Yeah, it, it's, uh, I I don't know. It, it definitely was one of these where I it, I think when the game was starting out, I was feeling a lot like I've complained about in other games where it just seemed like the refs were calling one way and not the other. It, just in the first quarter. And right from the beginning, I was getting down about it. And then it seemed like when their lead started to pile up, it really just started to kind of get away from us. You didn't want to see a 10-point deficit that early on in the first quarter and then it just kind of kept expanding from there honestly though once once they took it to the other end 
is I, I I don't know. I never really felt like it got away from us. Did you feel like it was slipping at any point? Did you feel like it uh, in oh, the yeah. third or fourth oh, quarter? Oh, in the second quarter, it felt awful. Like when the, that the lead... second, but but in the second half, is there anywhere? I'm mean, just like I, I agree. The I'm trying to go kind of nice and slow, point. Keith. I'm trying to. <laughs> I don't really want to massage this. I'm going sixty miles an hour right now. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to modulate my speech. I mean, I, I let's just let's just really just squeeze the udders of this game and just suck that delicious <laughs> milk out of it because I mean, this is something to be enjoyed. It's a game seven. Yes, going into halftime, the Blazers chipped away a little bit at the lead. I felt a little bit better. But again, like to me, there wasn't anything obvious besides Dame going super cyan that I thought they could adjust to get back into the game. Like it didn't (laughs) feel like they had a way to really get back into this game. That's how it felt like, again, to me, going into halftime. Like, and we can talk about what happened after that. He never did, though, either. Dame never really even got there. Like, and it's, it's, that was the scary part about it. Like you were waiting the whole time for like, when is it going to go to Dame time? When is he going to really kind of take that next step and just start hitting bucket after bucket? But like, and and so there were, sorry, I'm eating too. There were some signs. (laughs) Multitasking. I'm definitely multitasking. There were some signs. I mean, I guess like CJ doing what he was doing. That was encouraging. Damian Lillard wasn't scoring, but did you see how high he was jumping for some of those rebounds? The way oh, that yeah. Dame was timing some of those rebounds, like off free throws and stuff, like he was very, like he earned every rebound he got. He almost got a triple double in this game. I think he ended with double digit boards, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so so Dame, he ended with uh, 13.10 rebounds, eight assists, almost a triple double. How about so, that? So his but body the big thing his, that everyone, oh, sorry, the just eye test. Did- Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> the, the eye test, I think, that throws people off. He was three of seventeen shooting, and he, he had two two from uh, from distance, but he was like two of nine from deep. But so overall, his body language like he wasn't really producing. His, his body language didn't suggest that he was struggling. Right, I agree with you entirely. He was he was engaged the whole time. There was hustle, boy. Who was it? I'm trying to remember exactly what the play was. I think there was a point where Evan Turner, flying out of bounds, chucks it to near half court and Blazers recover for a key offensive rebound. Yeah, I remember the, that one. And that that defined the game. I feel like the, the, this, this was really a game where both teams were trying, but both teams were in a game seven. And we've talked a little bit before. The Nuggets had basically played every day since the playoffs, every other day since the playoffs started, essentially. The Blazers, that five-day break in the middle by beating Oklahoma City in five games, that could have been key. That could really have been clutch to kind of counter Denver's home court advantage in game seven at the end here. Yeah, maybe. that's. I think that that's fair. So, I mean, we talked about the third quarter, like... I think yeah. that's when Rodney Hood got hurt. By the way, credit to Coach oh, Stotts. God. Credit to Coach Stotts. Aminu and Harkless were not working. So Coach Stotts right. came out in the second half and he benched them. We have that is not an adjustment that Coach Stotts has ever made that I can so, remember. Yeah. Uh as far as the, the final final stats for those two. Chief ended with only three points, three boards, uh, zero assists, but he only played seven minutes. He went one of four from the field, zero two from deep. Harkless, six points, uh, five boards, three assists, a little more production there, but he had five fouls through the whole quarter that or through the whole game that limited his ability to stay on the floor. 16 minutes total for him, uh, and three of five from the field. So definitely they were not working. Zach, uh, and Hood, Zach Collins and Ronnie Hood both got out there. And Zach as well, just like Harkless, he had a lot of foul trouble going through the whole game. But he managed but to But some again, of those were ridiculous. Like some yeah, of those like absurd. Like one of them one of them was the one where he got the charge when he just like caught the ball and like tried to land. Like that Hashtag was ridiculous. And right before that, Mason Plumley totally bowled him over and they didn't call a charge on Plumley. Like, I don't know. So like some of those fouls on Zach, I didn't agree with at all. Not at all. No, and you're not gonna get any argument from me on that. I think, you know. 
I might be looking at this a little bit just because I know the result at this point, so I'm a little less worried about the officiating than I usually am. But well, yeah, let's, it, let's it's, say, it's the problem with him being a second year second year player. Go ahead. What are you gonna say? You can. By the way, listeners can tell that we are both like super amped up. I'm sorry, I keep interrupting you. Um, so interrupt me anytime. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. What? Great. I. Uh, what? Le, oh. Third quarter. Uh, what? Uh, oh, okay. All right. Third quarter. <laughs> Like, yes, so Stotts switched up the rotation, and then Rodney Hood gets hurt. Here comes Mo Harkless, and to his credit, like, he wasn't spectacular this game, but when he came back in, he wasn't pouting that he got benched. He was flying around. He was getting blocks. He was attempting for blocks. He was skying high for rebounds. They had that one dunk where he looked as explosive oh, as I've yeah. seen him this year. So, like, there were so many people in this game that you can say so much about Zach Collins being one of them, Harkless being one of them. But in that third quarter, yeah, like I think near the end of the third, if I'm not mistaken, that's when the Blazers briefly took the lead uh, before going to the fourth. I think that they were down by one heading into the fourth. Am I correct on that? Do you have the box score up? I don't have it in front of me. Let me find this. I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to go off the dome. So if I'm incorrect (laughs) about this, I apologize. But basically, like, so let me ask you this. I want to get, like, I'm an emotional dude, Keith. Can you tell? I get excited about stuff. I'm emotional. No idea. I want to know how you were feeling, Keith Feltner-Smith. How were you feeling at the end of the third? There's one quarter left to play. The entire season comes down to this. It's game seven. It's on the road. Dame is struggling. The Blazers are down by one point. How were you feeling at that point? I was not feeling good, Brandon. I, I, uh, really? Cotton, I, I, that surprises I, I, I don't know. me. I, I, I just, I, I, I was happy to see the deficit erased, and I was hoping, but it was just one of these games where, well, again, like, like I was starting to say earlier, once we had the lead, I feel like we were, I didn't feel like we were going to give it up. I felt like towards the end, we had a pretty solid uh, hold on on what was going on, even with the few stops we were getting. I don't think I wasn't too worried about it. But, but heading into the fourth, you weren't feeling so good. You're saying when we were still down? Heading into the fourth quarter, like the very beginning of the fourth quarter, right? End of the third, we were down by one point. And I, so I just, okay, for me, like, you know that, that phenomenon where, like, when you walk through a doorway, your memory kind of, like, resets? Like, they've studied this in people, like, the things you're thinking about, like, if you literally walk through a doorway, like, your brain will, like, kind of shift. Like, I work the same way with, like, quarters and halves. So, like, anytime like it switches over to like another quarter, like in my brain, I create a little bookmark. So like, maybe it's just me being weird, but like, I, let me say this then the Blazers being down by one. I was like, the whole season comes down to this. It's basically tied. And so I felt like what was going to happen was that Dame was going to go off, but that's not really what happened. No, that's you're not wrong about that. There was a point. I think actually it might have been only still down by three or something like that. But I I feel like Evan Evan Turner again, uh, just being a key player for this game beyond Zach and Hood that we already talked about. Uh, Evan Turner really did a lot. Uh, that was beyond maybe what the box score showed. Uh, Man, Evan but there Turner, was a point. dude. There's oh yeah, go. Yeah, there, there just was a point where I feel like he kind of has some emphatic motion on the court where it's like, all right, we've come back from 17 down and now it's a game. Now we have, you know, five minutes left in the third and, and whatever's left after that. Uh, yeah. It, it, and like you said as well, I, the whole time I was waiting for Dame to turn this into Dame time, I was waiting for him to really show up. Waiting for a return to the, to the meeting on the numbers as far as just thinking that eventually what we've seen from him so far, if that's, that's what he's averaging and he's been held so far under, eventually he's going to have that game where it just kind of comes back to him. And you were hoping it was happening the whole way through here. And, and again, it never really quite got there. But 
it really says a lot about the Blazers that we don't have to rely on Dame anymore like that. We, we don't have to really count on him to be the only one that can make something happen. Uh, game six, even, we saw Evan Turner. He had the zero points, but seven rebounds, seven assists. Tonight, Dame despite starting 0 for 9 and never really getting the scoring going, he ended up with only 13 points. Only, uh, yeah, ne never never really got the end going, but he had 8 assists and 10 boards. He's doing a lot on the other end to help. He's playing fantastic defense on some of the Denver guards. This game, this team, won this game with their team chemistry. Yeah, I agree with that. And you talked about Evan Turner. Like, let's let's give him like extra super props. Evan yes. Turner scored more points in this game than he did in the entire rest of the playoffs combined. He was using that big <laughs> that butt. True? Yeah, it is true. He was using that big butt of his to like get in there, like get those like Evan Turnery kind of shots we were so used to. He hit some clutch free throws, including those free throws at the end that were so super clutch. Yep. And by the way, if someone else wanted to give props to was Myers Leonard. He like I I was screaming if you follow me on Twitter at Golden PDX. I was screaming for him to come in because he was playing very spirited defense on Jokic. He was pissing him off. Like, I, I don't know. Like, Myers played well. Zach Collins played well. Evan Turner played well. well CJ McCollum, yeah. Well, we'll get to CJ too. We cannot forget CJ. But you know what I liked about Myers? Uh, he stood up for himself in this. When when the refs are kind of calling some things where maybe arms are being held down and, and kind of some, some ticky-tack fouls are getting going on, he wasn't just acting like some, you know, essentially he wasn't acting like Zach Collins. You, you didn't see him making moves where he seemed to be afraid to say something or uh, he, he looked over and says, no, 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 that's not the treatment that I should be getting. I've been here six years now. I deserve a little better than that. And whether that has an influence or not on the refs, I feel like they're, I feel like no, he, was, he was able to do his job. You, know, you, you can say that, man, but we all know they're subjective at this point. I don't think there's any real question that they're, that they, they have relationships with the players, relationships with the fans, with maybe certain arenas, whether they're on the road or at home. You know, I, I, don't I, know. I, I agree with your point that Myers Leonard looked like he belonged, which is like, I mean, again, listen to what I said. I was screaming for Myers Leonard to come into the game. <laughs> when the fuck have I ever said that? Like, that says a lot about him. Like, that's incredible. And, like, so on the Even one— Even E.T., man, Mr. E.T. lover over here, I've seen some uh, criticism, I'd say, in no, general recently as, as far as— No, is. no. If you what? check my Twitter, you could tell I'm an Evan Turner supporter. <laughs> says it right there in the bio. You're you're saying that you have not criticized at all his never lack of production once. over He's the series. He's never once in my life, have I ever? <laughs> anyway, one way or another on that. Tonight, though, especially late in the game, late <laughs> third into the fourth quarter, he was looking like a vet, man. He had head fakes leading into fouls. He just he, he was getting to the line, and he was getting these critical plays, uh, fouls on Denver as well as getting uh, easy points for us with the clock stopped. It, that's the kind of play that you need. That's the kind of uh, veteran you need. Who, these guy, this guy who's not... Well, needing I mean, a certain role necessarily, but he's here to produce. And it was, it, yeah, and it was a perfect game for Evan Turner, right? Because like the Blazers weren't hitting threes, and Evan Turner doesn't know how to shoot threes, so it was great for him. <laughs> he's like awesome. Like no one can shoot a three, so I may as well do what I need, what I do. And like it really worked out. Like man, I, and CJ. I mean, I, we kind of lost okay, yeah. our chronological thread of this game, but like, and, but I mean, we're excited. Like, how can you blame us? CJ McCollum. Like, can we just talk about? The chase down block, like oh my god, where were you when that happened? Like, <laughs> the, I mean, it was basically it was basically like a a watered down version of the LeBron block on Andre Iguodala in the finals. Although I know it's a second round, but it's game oh, seven, okay. 
It was critical. It was near the end of the game. And credit to Seth Curry, by the way, that that slowed the break down enough for CJ to like get up to speed and get that block. That was unbelievable. Right. And they talked about that. The players kind of gave credit to each other on that one, uh, saying in the post game interviews, saying that. As CJ's running down, I think it was Dame first that said it. He saw Seth kind of really do what he could to kind of take away the lane from, I don't remember, was it, Jamal was Murray. it Murray or was it Harris? Yeah. It was Murray. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Seth took him, away the lane from Murray. Coming, yeah. Right. Uh, so Murray wants to go to the left, uh, be able to kind of like lay up easily on the left side as he's coming down there. Seth takes away the left side lane, forces Murray to take that extra step and kind of shifts weight going to the right, which also, as CJ is coming in from the right side on the back end, gives him a better angle so he can kind of cut across behind Murray and boy there is that shot in slow-mo replay that they showed on the broadcast oh the phantom cam oh Oh, dude it just looks so good as Murray has already put the ball up and his body's coming down you just see CJ rising in the background and his body gets there you can see him tap the ball and it changes direction like goes towards the backboard oh just so good fucking delicious uh, dude a new lock screen (laughs) by the way credit to the officials you know home crowd late in the game like credit for them for not calling the goaltend like even though it would have been overturned like if they had stopped what, on that block yeah it was close it wasn't a goaltend of course it wasn't it, it was it, no it was i know close, it was close i'm just replay. saying like credit clean. for them for not credit to them for letting the play continue like cj's not known as a shot blocker like there's a lot working against him in that situation gotcha gotcha like and that was just and, and also let's talk about cj's dunk where he splits the lane I, god there's so much drop out where he splits the lane and just rises up on Plumley and just goes up super hard like i've never seen cj dunk like that before like ever right <laughs> in traffic yeah. i don't know like yeah I, I i think i saw some stat too cj has dunked more in the in the playoffs this postseason than he's dunked in his entire career before now so in the po- he's yeah in, the, in his postseason career yeah and that in postseason career that's what it was yeah that's it's, amazing. it's emphatic though he's definitely making a point of of saying that it's it's announcing presence and i, I can't remember what the shot was either he had some shot later in the game where a timeout was called right after he hits this shot and the way that he turns around, I don't know if he necessarily was really jawing as far as like saying too much towards the opponent bench, but the way he could turn around and just kind of like gave a look, you could see like he is, this was his moment, his ice cold moment, the same way that Dame had the wave after game five against OKC. You could see CJ at one point, he knew that he was in control of this and he hit this shot. The teams go to timeout and he just kind of had this kind of look and kind of a swagger walk down the other end. Uh, man, Oh, man, everything about this game was just so, especially near the end when they were winning. It was incredible. I can see you're giving me the twirly keep going thing. I'm not sure where you want to go oh, no, from no. here. <laughs> not even twirly keep going. I was more just saying I think we are pretty much talking this out for now as far as reactions. I want to say uh, let's wrap this up. We'll get another one in here, uh, maybe some more details in this game, some more facts and stats about it as we do a uh, – preview on the next round I feel like i'm missing something from this game like i feel like there's like there's something else to say about it like uh, just a couple more quick quick notes and we'll move on paul Millsap finally missed some shots that was good to see right felt right. like he zach made collins everything like, him for a lot yeah zach collins i think had four blocks today like incredible again i'm just going off the top um well we, we we talked again we talked last episode about how uh so much of uh Zach Collins was the key defending Millsap, how Millsap had been one of 11 or something like that, I think it was, uh, defending Zach Collins. Millsap had been one of 11 when defended by Zach Collins is what I'm trying to say. And today we saw a lot of that as well. We saw Zach on Paul Millsap and eventually Millsap fouled out. It resulted in him and just, he did not have a game. He did not have a game when the, when the Nuggets really needed him to play well. This is not his shining moment. Exactly. Okay. Last thing I'll just say about CJ, like, 
this game was literally the actualization of what a Dame and CJ backcourt could possibly be, which is yeah. when Dame doesn't have it, CJ is like a superstar. CJ played like a fucking superstar tonight, period. There's no qualifiers. Yep. There's no other way to put it. I was so impressed. I didn't know that CJ could play that well, and he had a really good game six. He played amazingly tonight. He was a different player. He deserves all the credit in the world. I Again, it's not that I didn't believe in him. I just didn't know he could play this well. Master stroke. Unbelievable game from CJ. I, I think what you traditionally would expect is a point guard that is getting near triple-double. Doesn't overload the points, but, you know, loads up in all the stats. Dame had 13 points, uh, 8 assists, 10 rebounds. Shooting guard that is really just ready to hit. He can hit everything. There is no one in the league, outside of Kevin Durant, there's no one in the league that I trust to hit any given shot, I think, more than CJ. He was everywhere tonight. He ends with 37 points, uh, 9 rebounds, and 1 assist. So how about that? Between the two guards, between the two starting guards, you have 19 rebounds right there. That shows a lot. And again... We're missing Nurkic. We're missing our starting center. Uh, our our defense and our, our our rebounding, as much as it has been a strength all season, it was not a, a real strength for us uh, this series, although I think we did end up out-rebounding Denver in this game. A lot of that had to do with the guards, and a lot of that had to do with hustle. And I, Sky, I, I, sky like, like in said, for rebounds. Like I don't know if that was something... <laughs> That Stotts told them to like jump higher to get rebounds, but like you saw it from Dame, you saw it from CJ, you saw it from Harkless. It was crazy. But yes, this was very much an iconic game for what you want a what you want this two guard uh, backcourt to uh, to look like. I totally agree. And with that, I'll give you the twirly gig because I know I you, you <laughs> I appreciate that you've been patient. I was anyway. It doesn't matter. All good. We're gonna are we gonna quickly preview. Uh, Game one of the Western Conference Finals. Are we going to do that tomorrow? Let's uh, let's let's just let's do tomorrow. We can okay. come back with a little more about this, and then we'll talk about uh, the next series going on. But uh, this is just you know some some nice quick reaction on today's awesome awesome game. You know what? How about this? It worked out really well well for me having it at noon thirty today uh, because my family some of my family was working. My grandma had other uh, kind of Mother's Day commitments, but this allowed us to have a nice five p.m. evening dinner with uh, three generations of Smith clan over here in Twalton. It was, it was a good time. So nice. Blazer victory in the morning. And how about when we all showed up to uh, Mother's Day dinner tonight? I think we had about half a dozen or more Blazer jerseys. Yeah. <laughs> so we're you, you, had, you had five of them, but still, it's incredible. <laughs> One last thing on this game. Like, where where does this game slash this playoff run? And I know that we're being prisoners of the moment, maybe a little bit, and that's fine. Where does this moment rank for you as a Blazers fan? This is undoubtedly in the top. This is possibly the uh, most fun I've ever had as a as a Blazers fan. I've been there for some of Brandon Roy's uh, best moments. I've been here for nearly all of Dame's best moments. I, I don't know if I've really missed too much there. Uh yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think this is this being Dame's first game seven, and despite him not having the game, he still did lead this team uh, to where they are right now. And I think that yeah, this this is very much kind of making history for not only the franchise but for me personally. I yeah, it's so I have two answers. One is like in a singular moment, it was point nine because I was in the arena for that. It was a series winning shot. So was I. Yeah, that was that was before we even knew each other, which is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, in a moment, that was 
the most impactful moment for me as a Blazers fan. This is a sustained run of excellence that I've right. never seen. I, in my waking memory of being a Blazers fan, I have never experienced something like this. And 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 why I wanted to, to mention it and ask the question, Keith. Honestly, this is what makes new fans. It's moments yes. like these and runs like these that make new, not bandwagon fans, but new permanent fans. So if you see people you've never seen before, rep and rip city, wearing the hats, wearing the jerseys, encourage them, like support them. The people who are just getting on board now, a lot of them are going to be here 10 years from now. So just think yes. about that. Yes, exactly. This is how we grow our fan base from being this whole kind of small town feel to the idea of like, no, 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 these guys are bigger than the city. And that's what Portland, uh, that's what the Blazers really are. We all know it. We just need to get everyone else involved in it at this point. They have gotten a whole lot of publicity through this, uh, these first two rounds so far. And man, <laughs> this is the first time in 20, 19 years, but essentially 20 years that we've gone this far, man. This is, it is, it's, it's a different it's generation crazy. of fans here. And this is how you get them. It's crazy. Like, I, I just, I mean, I keep thinking about it. Like, I just, it's, and it doesn't even matter at this point. Like, it doesn't matter how it ends. We're going to talk about it more tomorrow. But, like, here's a sneak preview. The story may not be written yet. May not be. Not saying that, yes, something weird's going to happen. I'm just saying, like, I don't know. So, we'll talk about it more tomorrow. I know you got to go. But, like, <laughs> any other parting good. thoughts or whatever? Here's my parting thoughts. In closing, your honorable listeners, that's it. That's Ooh, our show. Slick. Thank you, Brandon, as always. Thank you, Odar, for these fat beasts. Thank you to our sponsors, Envy Adventures and Clearly Speaking. And thank you, listeners, for a great listening. We hope you enjoy your Blazers, your Rip City basketball, and our latest episode. Thank you again, and please come back tomorrow for the next edition of the Trailcasters. Hot shot, 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 shot. <laughs> Awesome, dude. This is amazing. I yeah. can't believe it. Like, what a time to be podcasting. It's fucking nuts, man. I just, I mean, I just, I mean, it's just so. What we didn't talk about? All right, really quick. That yeah. fucking. Wait, which one? Damn.